three, two, one. One, you have to bet on yourself. I really do not think that anything has been or speaking louder to me since I started this journey because sometimes we'll allow fear and the things that we think about ourselves, just all the negative things that we think about ourselves or what we think that people are thinking about us as well, get to us and hold us back. But comfortability never promotes growth. Hey, Naja, it is so good to have you on the show. I'm so excited to have this conversation. It's been a long time coming, right? It has. It really has. It really has. Oh, man, I'm so glad to have you here on Techniques Tips. Now, for those that are watching for the first time, this may be new for you, but if you have been watching for a while, I'm going to just get right into it. We're going to be talking about Naja's journey and starting from the boot, which is symbolic of the journey she has taken to get to where she is right now. And then we're going to transition to the brain, which is symbolic of the mindset one needs to have, not only to be where Naja is right now, but to scale from there. So without further ado, we're going to take some time to talk about Naja's story and start from the beginning, because the beginning is a great place to start. So take us to the beginning where you're born, raised, and let's just take it from there. So I am from New Jersey. I'm a Jersey girl. And I spent most of my life in Jersey. So I was born in Trent, New Jersey, and then I was raised in Heightstown, which is like the Princeton area, if you could live with Jersey. But yeah, I'm one of seven children. So I'm number three, but they treat me like the oldest. But I love having a big family, different personalities, just learning from each other. And since they treat me like number one, being the leader, it's a blessing and a curse at the same time. But yep, grew up in Jersey, um, went to school in Jersey too, went to Rutgers University. So spent most of my life in Jersey, except for living here in VA for three years and in Pennsylvania for two. No, that's awesome. That is great. I, you know what's so funny about it? Not only do my family and I now live in New Jersey, but we have six <laughs> children. <laughs> so I want to dive a little deeper into your growing up because it could probably give me some help. So how is it being one of seven? I would say it's a roller coaster, honestly. As I said, I'm number three, but they treat me like the oldest. So probably just have the most maturity. I'm like the mom of the group. But I did love having older and younger siblings just to learn from them and to be able to pour into them too. And then my mom was like, she was like the eighth one. She was like the eighth child because she was like more like a sister, more like a friend than mothers where they like hover over you and are strict and all stuff like that. My mom was more so like friendly. We were pretty close knit. We're still close knit. We still have group FaceTimes every week and everybody still keeps in, in touch, even though we have busy schedules. But Growing up, it was just, it was crazy sometimes. Cause like I said, different personalities clashing and everybody has their different interests. And even today, like just to see everybody growing and doing their own thing, different lanes, like it's a beautiful thing to see. No, that's awesome. I see how our kids' personality, my wife and I, how our children's personality is starting to form yeah. and who affiliates with who and who's like close-knit with who and it's yeah. cool. They're still young, but you could already see this is my homegirl right here. Yeah. You can see the motherly figures in the group. You can see the brother who's right. off the wall. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we had the whole Motley crew here. We had the yeah. whole Motley crew. Yeah, I mean, we did have a little clicks. We did have a little clicks. But I would say that I'm like the middle glue. So like, honestly, everybody is attached to me and I keep everybody together. But it was a little clickish, but just not for me. I'm like the one that everyone likes, though. <laughs> that That is a blessing and a burden sometimes as well. Can you talk a little bit about the burdensome side of being that glue figure in your family? 
Yeah, because I'm always like the mediator. I'm the person that like keeps up with everybody, the go-to person for everything, for advice, for money, for everything. I would say that sometimes being the one that seems like the oldest or the leader of the group, everybody depends on you. So sometimes you put yourself on the back burner because you feel like people really need you and, and you care so deeply for your siblings as if they are your own children. I would say it was a blessing and a curse. It was good because I was able to be there for them, but then... When you get older and you don't have to hover over them so much, then you have to relearn to be there for yourself. And so I guess that was the burden piece of it. But I'm learning. I'm laughing because as soon as you said money, I could I could think about that right away. Like, <laughs> even when it comes to our kids, they're young, but they're really like, can I have that? If one of the other kids have a snack, they're trying to grab it. You're like, exactly. oh, my snack. It's yes, mine. Exactly. <laughs> oh, man, teaching them to share is tough. But I'm going to pivot a little bit because you talked a little bit about growing up in Trenton. And then you also talked about Rutgers. Now, tell me about your experience at Rutgers. That must have been a fun time for you. It was. Honestly, going from Hightstown, which was a, like a PWI, so to speak, and then going to Rutgers, which is just a bigger version of that. I guess like being in high school... Everybody knows you, you're like popular kid. And then you go to a school like Rutgers where you have 50,000 kids on one campus and no one knows you. And so like you form your own intimate cliques and stuff like that. But I love the school, very diverse. It was a party school, but I was home every weekend. So that wasn't my life, but it was just very festive. The curriculum was good. Like I, I'm actually proud to say I went there because Rutgers is one of those schools that is very known out there. So I loved it. Yeah. I my my being familiar with Rutgers is basically people that I know from New Jersey that have gone there, but also this crazy story, and I'm gonna just pivot to me and then back to you. But this craziest story of basically on the day of my interview with the company I'm working with right now, I literally our, our baby was due like like it was like contractions five minutes apart. Yeah. It was crazy, and so literally passing trying to basically make a math dash to not Rutgers University that's in New Brunswick, the hospital nearby it, which is yeah. Rutgers Children's Hospital. Man, I was telling you, seven minutes away, my wife's like, water broke. <laughs> Three minutes <laughs> away to the emergency room. She's the yeah. baby's here. And I'm like, I open the door, the umbilical cord, everything's there. Oh, man, I can describe the rest of the scene, but that's like a wow. horror film. But that's man, fine. that's my affiliation with Rutgers because Rutgers was the hospital next door. And I'm like, yeah. man, should I go to Rutgers or this place? I'm going to go that way. You know, it, it yes. was just kind of a... A fun, quite a story that that baby has. The I'm last sure. baby had. I'm sure. Uh, with that being said, in life you have to learn how to pivot and transition and do all sorts of things. So when you went to Rutgers, do you go to Rutgers for tech or you went to for business? Like, what did you go to Rutgers for? No, so I was a sociology major, double minor in criminal justice and social justice. And I thought I was going to be a forensic psychologist, actually. And I was very heavily interested in therapy as well, which I still have that as a goal to be a licensed therapist. So that was my goal going to Rutgers. Never thought that I would ever be in the tech space. Not even, not even a little bit, to be honest. I guess as far as my technology was like the iPhone that I have in my hand and the gadgets that I have around my house. Other than that, like I just had no idea. I didn't have any idea of what anything or any career path in the tech industry except for like IT. When you work for state government, you work for IT a lot. So that's the only thing I really knew. Like when I hear tech, I thought IT. So absolutely not. That was not in my vision for my life, to be honest. Wow. So sociology, 
criminology. You, social you, justice. Yeah. Social justice, excuse me. I'm thinking criminology because of what you said earlier. No, but it yeah, was so criminology too, yeah. Criminology too? Oh, wow. Yeah. So I was right. You studied a lot. Yeah. Would you consider yourself an overachiever? <laughs> yes. Yeah, definitely. Especially, like I said, growing up one of seven children, being the leader yeah. of the group, like everyone's looking to you to be that successful one. So even now, so it's like, oh, my sister could do it, then I could do it. So definitely overachiever, yes. Wow. So you took all of that. Let me ask you this, because people might be curious. What was Naja's first job coming out of college with all this, these, these papers that she had <laughs> underneath her belt? So coming out of college, I had a state job at the New Jersey Board of Public Utilities. So nice. I was administrative assistant to the director of administration and overseeing about 140 employees. So I was like the eyes and the ears for the director. Yeah. So that was my first job coming straight out, administrative assistant. So that started my journey in HR, so to speak. Ah, there we go. Because I, I know that you had a background in HR. I was like, curious, wow, how did all that happen to get you to HR? So, yes. so, wow. So, New Jersey Public Utilities, if I got that, I'm yeah. like trying to make sure I keep track of this. So, you're there. Your job is to basically oversee 140 employees plus. Yes. And that's a pretty, it's a pretty big company for those that don't know about yeah. that company here in New Jersey. So, what made you, because I, I could see how things are working together. You're basically a motherly figure in your home. You basically have all, you're overachiever. You really are a motherly figure in the sense that you like to nurture people and help them along the way. Yeah. What made that, was that what shifted you into HR was knowing that this is a possible lane for you? Yeah, I think that was something that I always wanted to do as far as like work with personnel and be like that middle person to, I guess, like to bridge the gap, make sure that the onboarding process was good and that personnel had high employee morale and things of that nature. So I think that was something that, just fit for me. Although I wanted to be a therapist, I still feel like within the HR role, you're still coaching people, you're still helping people. So definitely a people person, very inviting. And so I thought that was a great role for me. Yeah. All right. Now I know a little bit about your story because of our relationship prior yeah. to this, but I, for those that don't know, how long you were in HR before you pivoted into tech? So it was six years. I was in HR for six years. And I went from state work to government work to private sector. So I bounced around a little bit with the HR work. I know I'm well-rounded in the HR field because if you've done government, it's different from state. State is different from private sector. Yeah, definitely bounce around in the HR field. And you were like, this is great. I'm not sure if I want to help people in this capacity for this long a period of time, waiting for this, but <laughs> for this people to transition so I can get my shine, if I remember exactly. the story correct. So, yeah, so now we're going to talk about your tech journey again some people are familiar with your story like myself some people are not so i'm going to do this for those that are not familiar yeah. what was that moment that says as much as i love to help people i'm a life coach i have things that i'm doing right now i need to transition into tech can you talk about that deciding moment and that deciding factors for you yeah so there were a lot of moving factors when it came to that one was working at hr for six years feeling like i just was not enjoying the fruits of my labor i found that i was at a cap salary-wise. And when you work for state government, it's a lot of people there who are older than you. And they are there until they retire, 65. And so it's hard to move around to get promoted, to get a higher salary. 2% raise every year, it's really nothing. Um, and I'm not trying to knock anybody in that space right now, because it was something for me at the time. But going or getting older, I just realized that it wasn't something that would be beneficial to me and my goals that I had. And so I, that was the first thing I found like I was at a cap and I was just like, I have to make more money. There's no way I should be working a part time because 
I want to do more things. And so I was trying to figure out what I could do with the skills that I had. And my friend Cyrus Harvin, we had been friends for a couple of years and he was just going off the hinges with about tech. And I was just like, tech, absolutely not. That's something that I just shied away from. I guess it was not, no, not an interest for me. And I was talking back before him, like, tell me more about this. I don't know like where I was in the tech industry. So I did my research and because I had did recruiting and HR before, I was like, maybe I could be a tech recruiter or work in tech sales or customer success. But I still wasn't sold on it. Honestly, I was just like, I'm, like, I'm comfortable and familiar with HR. So I just had to find another way. I don't think tech would be something for me. But then I guess the turning point was losing my father. And I had to help pay for his funeral. And it put me in a financial bind. I made like a huge sacrifice to help pay for that. And I just knew that I didn't want to be in that position again. And I was turning 30. So I'm 30 now. I just turned 30 in January. And so I was like, okay, I got to do something before I'm 30 because like I do have goals. Like I wanted to be debt free and I wanted to go back to school to be a therapist and just wanted to line things up for my future family and things of that nature. So I just let it on myself. I just joined Course Careers. And it was good because it was something that was self-paced. And at the time I was grieving and still working full-time in HR. And then, but then like the, I did it for four weeks. So I finished it in four weeks, two weeks, I was still working in HR. The next two weeks, I just felt like it was a lot of, a lot to be doing at one time. So I put all my eggs in one basket and I landed a job in FinTech four weeks later after completing it. Betting on myself really worked out in my favor. It's very, it's a risky thing, but I just thank God that like it really worked out in my favor. Hey there, thank you so much for watching this video. This video is actually sponsored by Course Careers. So whether you're interested in breaking in as a tech sales representative, if you're interested in actually doing IT or digital marketing, not only do they have free introductory courses for you right now, go to the description and check that out, but they also have $50 off that you could get from, through me, Joseph50. That's right, $50 off through Joseph50. So if you're interested in getting into that course, any which one, whether it's, again, tech sales, IT, or digital marketing, look no further. Go down to the description below, click on the link, and sign up right now. What are you waiting for? Absolutely. And I know I said this probably privately way long time ago, but I want to say publicly my condolences to you at this time because... And I, love, I make sure I make a point of doing it on this show. Yeah. Reason why is because a lot of times people sometimes don't realize that we're still grieving a loss. No matter how long it's been, we just adapt. <laughs> but it's still, that grief is still there. And what I like to do, if you feel comfortable doing this, is as a way of memorial, memorializing our loved ones, can you talk a little bit about your father's impact on your life in regards to I know yeah, that's why you got to go get a personality. Was that from him or was that from your mom? Can you talk a little bit about your father? I think that's from my mom, to be honest. My dad just like quieter. His work ethic was pretty strong too. He worked for mm. a very long time. and But he also retired himself early. I think he put in a lot of work in order to do that. When he passed away, he was only 56. And he was already retired probably like three years before then. So he did it earlier than what we normally expect. So I guess I did have his work ethic um, but things that I got from my dad was like he was very quiet but like very smart and just just I guess like a listener and I think I get that with being a therapist and stuff like that but I would say honestly speaking and I'm not ashamed to say it but growing up my dad played a part in my life as a financial piece like mm. he was there financially but we didn't really have that emotional aspect and I think that 
I was standoffish with that. And being a dad, it's different like a dad with his son, but dad with his daughter is okay. I'm trying to respect your space and trying to figure out what you want to do. And I think I was standoffish a little bit because my dad had an alcohol issue. Like he was like a functioning alcoholic and that's why he passed, honestly, through the alcoholism, kidney and liver failure. But the last three years that I've been living in Virginia, we were building that emotional peace. So I got to experience that for the last three years. But yeah, definitely. It was so sudden, but I do feel like I've learned things about him just looking back over the past and being around him that I have certain ways of his personality that I don't have of my mother's that I'm glad I don't have because my mom was like, she's extroverted. She's so fast paced and I have like her grind, but certain personality traits that I actually don't like, I don't have from her, but I have from my father about being introverted, being a listener, being you know, the quiet one and not too loud and stuff like that. It's certain personality traits that I do value that I got from my father. Yeah. And it's, it's amazing how we're a blend of our parents. I'm mm-hmm. a blend of our environments and our parents. Yeah. And some aspects of my dad, he's same thing, very qu- quieter demeanor. My mom is the energetic go-getter. Like she could conquer the world personality. Yes. And so we, and so you become like a quiet storm of the two, which is a beautiful right. thing. And one thing I want to highlight and shout you out for and give you your flowers for is the fact that through this all, through all of this, you were able to, like you said, push through and transition into tech. And I think yeah. that is something to be said, something to clap for Thank you. because it's not easy. It's not yeah. easy. And the reason why I want to highlight that, if you don't mind me taking a moment to talk to the audience here, but the yeah. reason why I want, I want to highlight that is because I know there's a lot of people that either Naja has spoken to or myself who say, man, it's too hard. I don't think I could do this. I don't think I could make it through to get through this course, whether it's course careers or be able to land a job through tech because of the interview. Listen, we were able to overcome circumstances that was not really things that we were expecting to happen in our lives at that particular time. And we were able to do it. So if we can do it, me, a father of six and Naja going through all that she went through with her father, you can do it too. And that's why I love to highlight our journeys because this is what people need to be encouraged by as well as of course the money of course the esteem but listen we're ordinary people making this happen so you can do it too so go ahead click the link below sign up for course careers this is your moment this is the time that you were waiting for to get the approval on if you should do it or not this is your time like they say that the song it's your time (laughs) all right (laughs) warming up the chops it's been a long time (laughs) But yeah, let's talk about it. Now you see so you landed a job in fintech. You're not necessarily working in HR, but you're doing something that I love, which is basically you're using the tech money to basically fund the dream. And that's one yes. thing we're going to talk about. So tell us about how that transition working from HR. Now you're in tech. Like, how does that look now? Yeah. So honestly, I will tell everyone that, yes, you can pivot from any career background, but there will be a learning curve if you don't have experience in tech or tech sales or sales in general. But at the same time, I always tell people that you just got to leverage the skills that you do have from the career path that you're pivoting from and just work that. I think for me, the learning curve was being an HR, you're the person that everyone goes to and they have questions for you, all the answers. And I think being an SDR is more of you asking questions to get them to talk to see if they're qualified or if you could find pain points and things like that. So it's the same, but it's different. I have a different hat. And so for me, that was a learning curve, but But honestly, I think it is the salary raise and then just doing something different where you could have more control over your career. And so with HR, it's okay, you have these steps and you're doing this thing, but it's the same, it's the same thing. And as far as like pivoting up, 
if you become a director, then I don't know where else you can go after that. <laughs> like after you're already done, you're already looking over all these employee personnel and stuff like that. You really can't go any further unless you become the president of the company. But I feel like with starting where I am now, there are different ways you can pivot promotionally. And it looks a lot different. It is a lot different when the within the work, but you can utilize some of the skills that you have from your current or previous career path into the SDR position as well. Yeah, there's a learning curve, but it's rewarding too, especially when you get the hang of things um, and you start to really realize what you're doing and the impact that you have on the company that you work for. Hey family, it's Joseph here again. Now you have heard me talk about how tech sales has changed my life. I actually wanna introduce you to another career that if you decide to go into it, truly is recession proof, and that is cybersecurity. Level Careers is a platform similar to Course Careers that is self-paced and allows you to obtain knowledge and ed education in cybersecurity, and get this, without prior experience or a degree. That's right. And so you definitely want to get into that. And if you are interested in learning more about cybersecurity, go ahead and click the link below. It's in my description. And use my promo code JOSEPH10. That's right. Use my promo code JOSEPH10 in order to save 10% off of the purchase price of that course. So without further ado, I'm not going to delay you. Go click on the link, check out the free introductory courses, and change your life today. Nice. Nice. Let me ask you this. I've talked a lot. I've talked to a few SERs and let me ask you a question. I don't really ask a lot of them. Yeah. What would you say is the biggest, probably one, two, or even three challenges that you have being SDR? I would say, I would say for me, like I was saying, when you're in HR, you're the person that has all the answers. So I think that for me, when, before dialing, I'm thinking, I have to have all the answers because they're going to ask me questions. And mostly they don't really ask you that many questions unless it has to do with like specifics. Like someone is really, really into their job and they're like, oh, I need to know these specifics. You can always push it off to your like VP or something like that. But, but for me, just that analysis paralysis, <laughs> before I doubt, I'm like, I got to know everything. I need to know more of this. Just wanting to know more about everything so that I could handle any question that comes my way but then honestly I'm preparing for something that's not even going to happen and so that keeps you from wanting to dial and for me I'm coaching and working at HR like you talk to people all day every day so talking to people isn't really the fear that you have it's just like I said the analysis paralysis where you're just like looking okay I need to know all this I need to have all this together and every call is going to be different so that was one hump I had to get over I think another one was the objections <laughs> That's a big one because you're going to probably hear the same ones over and over again, but then you'll have ones that kind of throw you off. Depending on who you're calling, you might be calling a market that is very dry and very like not conversationalist. And you just got to try to maneuver that and try to make sure that you still keep them on the phone, keep them talking and stuff like that. But the objections really was something that you're, I don't think that you'll ever be like a master of objections because you just don't know what you're going to get. But if you're good with, Asking questions, even when you get an objection, you can still get them talking. And eventually, if they're not super stern, then you'll get them talking and get somewhere with it. But objections is probably, yeah, top three, what I want to say, troubles for me. But I think that was really it, to be honest. Oh, I want to speak on this because this is a real thing. I guess the third thing I could say is being a female in a male-dominated career path. Like, in, my, in the job that I was working... It, I, it was probably like 
three girls on the team and we had a team of maybe 12 now 15 yeah and then like sales in general outside inside marketing all together probably six women and 40 men yeah i think that's intimidating too to be in a male-dominated Wow, that's amazing. It's the opposite of my company. <laughs> it's, like, it's almost like half and half, I would say. But wow, yeah. that is intimidating. Now, I'm, I'll be remiss if I didn't ask you because you have an HR background, which is unique. You have now you're in sales. What is like one to three tips that you would say would help those that are trying to get to this field stand out during the interview process? Oh, definitely. Number one, I would say if you are not getting noticed, then you need to look at the resume because the resume is going to get you noticed and then your presence in the interview is going to get you the job but if you feel like you are getting noticed so your resume is fine you're getting the calls for pre-screening you're getting the calls for interviews but you're not getting called callbacks after the interview then it's your interviewing that needs to be worked on so first make sure your resume is great your linkedin is inviting and then secondly make sure that your interviewing skills is up to par Third, I would say just put in the work as far as putting in applications, reaching out to hiring managers, reaching out to recruiters, getting your connections up, building your network. Those three things I feel like are good things. I'm not going to say like just to start, but like to continue doing that. Even after you get a job, still build your network, build your LinkedIn presence, build your own brand because you just never know where that could lead you. So yeah, get that resume together, get your interviewing skills up to par and then build your network and connect with hiring managers and recruiters as well. Nice. Yeah. So they're saying in their head, they're like, get my interviewing skills up to par. Like, where do I even start? Where should they start if they want they, to get the interview skills they, up? They can most definitely. If you're taking course careers already, then I am listed on there as a coach. But if you do find that you need help with your, um, with actually completing the course, if you're looking to take it and you just don't know where to go, I help, I coach with that. And then I also do resume edit slash reviews with people. And then I also do mock interviews as well. So all of those services you can find in the link, my link tree on Instagram and both LinkedIn as well. And yeah. at the bottom, he's going to link it at the bottom too. Yeah, I'm going to drop it in descriptions because yes. on my platform, I don't hold it to myself. I share it with my guests. <laughs> because it's important for people to have resources, right? Yeah. I'm not going to, yeah, definitely. And so with that being said, I want to also talk about something else real quickly before we pivot to the mindset. Yeah. I want to talk about, so this is, again, something I alluded to earlier. You are taking that tech bag and you are basically transitioning it to your business. You're looking to put in and yes. put in more into the business. Let's talk about your business. Let's talk about what you're looking to do in the future so that people can know and follow and, of course, support and subscribe to it. Yeah, so definitely, I know I mentioned that I want to be a licensed therapist, but I want to do that because I love to do it, not because I'm depending on the money from it or anything like that. So mm -hmm. definitely want to build my brand. I call it the Purpose Hour. When I started it back in 2020, officially, unofficially, I've always been a life coach, but officially started back in 2020. And so it started off as just life coaching where I was helping people process their trauma, understand their relationships and develop different areas of their lives. And then when I got into the tech space, I saw that there were a need for a career coaching. And so I utilized those HR skills that I thought I was leaving behind me, but I actually utilized them in the tech space as well. And so I wanted to continue with the Purpose Hour. Definitely want to create more content around that and just be a resource to not just those in the tech field, but in general, whatever you're dealing with life or want to develop within yourself and build yourself up, I definitely want to be able to be in the hand for that. 
Oh, man. You know, what's so funny. I'm smiling because you said I thought I left my HR skills, HR info, my HR skills, right. my HR stuff in the past. But I'm laughing because they, they, we really don't leave anything in the past. We bring it with us. Yeah. These transferable skills that we can both use not only as we professionally grow in life, but specifically yeah. in tech sales. And so I want to encourage you, if you feel like you don't really have what it takes to make it right now, think about all those transferable skills that you have, all those things that you're bringing to the table, there's a company that finds that valuable. So definitely get into course careers so you can sharpen your sales, your sales skills, sharpen your understanding of terminology, understanding the VP, the ICP, the list goes on and on, but also understand that you have some value to bring to the table because you are who you are already. All right. So I just wanted to add that because I'm like, that's a good point there. Uh, And so now we're going to pivot to the mindset. And we're going to talk about it. I, I have the word driven in my head. But what would you say the mindset of someone who wants to be where you're at and not only be where you're at, but scale from there? Yeah. So I would say, to be honest, one, you have to bet on yourself. I really do not think that anything has been or speaking louder to me since I started this journey, because sometimes we'll allow fear and the things that we think about ourselves just all the negative things that we think about ourselves or what we think that people are thinking about us as well get to us and hold us back. But comfortability never promotes growth. Right? Mm. And so for me, I felt like, yes, I was comfortable in HR. I was familiar with it. It was something that I knew like the back of my hand, like literally I could get an HR job and be like, oh yeah, you guys can leave me alone. I got this. I got this. But going into the tech space, I just, I was afraid, honestly. I was just like, I had that imposter syndrome. And I just was like, this is crazy if I really could do this by going to a boot camp. That's really how I was like, ain't no way this going to happen. But honestly, I always say it really was the favor of the Lord for it to happen that quick because I had prayed about it before I actually put all my eggs in one basket. And I was just like, look, the Lord could do something more with something that is the wrong step than no mm. steps at all. Come on. So for me, I was just like, you know what? If it's the wrong step, then God gonna work it out. But if I if I don't take any steps, then I'll just be here. And mm. who knows what kind of growth I could obtain with just staying in my comfortable space. And so I would say, firstly, just bet on yourself. I never say believe in yourself because for me, it's like I believe in God. So in return, that spills and overflows into my life. But I would say bet on yourself, bet on yourself and just believe that it's doable. Honestly, it's funny because the other day I bought a screensaver, right? And I didn't know that I had chosen one with a hidden message. So like when my screen is locked, a message shows up. But like when I open it up, it disappears. And the message said, anything is possible. Mm. And I was like, what is this on my screen? (laughs) I did not know that I had chosen something like that. But I think that was just confirmation from God saying, look where I bought you from and look what I did through you and for you. Like anything is possible. You think about it as like the same God that created this earth. If you're on vacation and you're looking out and you're like, wow, this is beautiful. The same God that made that. Mm, Like you got to think about the dreams that you have. Like he could do way more than that. And honestly, it's very cliche. Like when you hear it, but when you really experience him doing more than like exceeding your expectations, it's so crazy. It's really crazy, but I'm thankful. And that's, Mm. I feel like in 2022, it really prepared me for the year 2023 and this year, my word is favor. So definitely betting on myself. Definitely believing that the guy that I serve will will show up for me. I'm telling you, when, once it happens, when you get out that, you know, that place of fear, and man, it really can blow your mind. So this year, the, like the 
I ain't gonna say the sky's the limit. Fast the sky's the limit for me. Uh, talking universes. <laughs> so, <laughs> <it's> just, <laughs> right. so past there? Whatever's past there. Yeah, whatever's past there. You yes. know that you need to bet on yourself. Ain't no way. You need to come on in and you need to go through and go fast. Here's the thing. Listen, I like we said, like I said earlier, there's gonna be there's gonna be some hurdles to go over, but that's a part of the process. That's a part of life. Yeah, and yes, don't exactly. mm, do not let that hold you back. Do not. Naja, this has been a great conversation. I'm so excited that we had you on the show. And I know a lot of people will be encouraged by your story. Listen, I'm gonna drop her stuff, her information below in the description. Go ahead and click. You saw your co- your future coach's journey. You saw her life. You saw what she went through. And she is standing here strong and she's willing to help you out. So go ahead, click on the links below. If you are student course careers, again, go ahead and click that link. And we would love to see you on the other side. Until next time, take care, family. Peace.